It's Earning Week on This Week in Games. We have Activision Blizzard, Take-Two, Square Enix, and more. How do they do? Stay tuned to find out This Week in Games. Hi everyone, welcome to This Week in Games. It's Earning Week, so... Let's start off with the Juggernauts. We have Activision Blizzard. This year, they released Call of Duty World War II, Destiny 2, Overwatch, had an Overwatch League, and of course, World of Warcraft is still raking in millions of user subscriptions. So Activision Blizzard reported that Call of Duty World War II was the top-selling game worldwide in 2017. Also, Destiny 2, second top-selling game for the North American region. So they said 2017 was the highest revenue year in in company history, $7.02 billion, up 6% from 2016. The fourth quarter revenue was up 1% to $2.04 billion. Activision Blizzard has taken over the world. (laughs) I think, I don't know, I think they might be the highest earning game company in the world. Um, I don't know if anyone could take them on at this point, especially when it comes into the PC realm and console with shooters. I don't know. Crazy. Next, we have Take-Two. Now, Take-Two is eagerly awaiting Red Dead Redemption's release, but lucky for them, Grand Theft Auto Online posted record uh, numbers this year, and then NBA 2K18 WWE 2K18 from the Take-Two side. Those two help keep up the company's revenue. So fourth quarter revenue up about less than less than 1%. Um, it was $480.8 million. Interesting enough, digital revenue represented 54% of that of the company's sales. So pretty much GTA 5 online, all the microtransactions in NBA 2K18 for their ultimate team mode. Um, Take-Two probably going to be looking to follow EA's lead if they switch their sports games to games as services. I don't see a need for them to re-release NBA and WWE every year, especially when digital revenue represents starting to represent a more and more bulk of their sales. I mean, it surpassed 50% this year, so we'll have to wait and see how that turns out. Next, Square Enix. Now, Square Enix had an interesting year. Last year, they had Final Fantasy XV and a couple of other big releases like Tomb Raider. This year, not so much. So, as far as releases, they had Dragon Quest XI. Um, Dragon Quest doesn't do too well in America. Maybe hardcore RPG fans follow it, but uh, nothing near what Final Fantasy does in America. And then they had a re-release of Final Fantasy XII. Um, That also didn't obviously pull in great numbers. They had expansions for both Final Fantasy XIV and Dragon Quest X. Both of those are MMORPGs. The expansions increased previous expansion purchasing as well, as well as bringing in new players. However, most of their sales this year were from their mobile division led by Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. So overall, sales dipped about 1% 1% to $1.7 billion, but uh, Square Enix is, you know, looking to future releases. This was kind of a, a soft quarter, especially for December for them, but we'll have to see what they announce coming up. I imagine 
probably a new Final Fantasy, maybe more expansions to Final Fantasy 15. We'll see which way they go with this. So next we have Bandai Namco. Now Bandai Namco um, is a giant conglomerate, so let's just focus on the game divisions. The game division had a revenue increase of 7%, netting them $2.6 billion. Now Bandai Namco, most of their revenue comes from the IPs that they own and then other companies making games from those. So the I, the major IPs that bring in the money for them, they have Dragon Ball, Mobile Suit Gundam, One Piece, Naruto, a lot of anime IPs. And uh, I think Dragon Ball Z, the mobile gacha game, that's always up and down the top 10 grossing for iPhone. And I know that probably the mobile division probably represents the mobile uh, revenue they receive from other companies using their IP probably represents the majority of that games division um, revenue. Next year, next quarter, the revenue will be much higher because they just released that amazing Dragon Ball Fighter Z for uh, um, Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. So next we have NCSoft. NCSoft, famous for their MMOs. Um, they had Lineage M released this year um that's lineage on mobile and then of course lineage one still runs guild wars 2 aeon and blade and soul so their revenue is about 1.6 billion for 2017 not much else was shared during their earnings call but uh i know that they have a brand new lineage coming out i think 2018 so that game takes over korea whenever they release a new version so I imagine the same thing will happen in 2018. So their revenue and earnings are just fine waiting for that big release. Nexon, another MMO player. <laughs> Nexon, very funny. Um, in 2017, saw a 27% increase at $2.1 billion. Now, what I say is very funny is because the two biggest earning games for Nexon were Dungeon and Fighter and MapleStory. For those of you who don't know, those games are very old. So I remember trying Dungeon and Fighter when it was localized in English for the first time in 2009. And MapleStory, I, I was in grad school then. MapleStory, I remember coming out when I was in high school. And God, when that must have came out in like 2003, 2002, maybe even 2001. It's kind of amazing that these two games still prop up the company and bring in enough revenue for $2. billion in sales in 2017. Nexon also is the mobile publisher for a few, few big-name North American games, mainly FIFA Online 3 in Korea, and so that also helped boost their sales for 2017. Finally, um, we have Sega Sammy. So Sega Sammy, another company like Bandai Namco, giant conglomerate. So let's just focus on the games division. Uh, they had physical releases of Football Manager 2018, Sonic Forces, and Ryu Ga Gotoku Kiwami 2. I don't even know what that game is. I just want it to sound really Japanese when I said it, though. Um, so in the nine months of 2017, that's because most fiscal years end in March. So for the nine months of the fiscal year of 2017, um, they had $2.4 billion in sales, which is an 8.7% decline. Now, they blame this decline on smartphone digital gaming not doing as well as it was in Japan. 
and that's because their games, their words, not mine, not high enough quality to compete with the other games in Japan. So we'll see what's up Sega's sleeves. I don't know, probably more Sonic games, though. <laughs> okay, so this week, mainly earnings week, but I'm going to fly through some business news. Um, we have our, it's kind of a weekly tradition, our Tencent acquisition of the week. So this week, Tencent acquired Shonda. Well, they acquired a part of Shonda. They didn't reveal how much. Um, Shonda is a Shanghai-based game developer. I've never heard of any of their games, and I can't pronounce any of their names. So I'll spare our um, Mandarin-speaking audiences for me butchering the names of their games. But... Tencent acquisition of the week. Check. We got that off. Tamatin received $2.5 million to localize for the Middle East and North African region. Now, Tamatin is a Jordanian-based publisher, and they're looking to localize either games they made or other games for the region. So the Middle East and North African region is referred to as Minna. The Minna region, on average, receives only 1% of games release in the world that are localized for that market. So also other analysts predict that that market is looking to see anywhere between 20 to 50% increase in smartphone usage and is the next untapped market. So Tomatin looking to jump on, you know, that train before other big publishers come in. I think that's great. More games, more regions, you know, let's spread the art as far as we can. Next in businesses, we have Game Evil and Come to Us merging forces for the North American market. So both of these are Korean mobile gaming juggernauts. Okay, Come to Us, famous for Summoner's War, that game prints money as far as I understand. And Game Evil, you know, has a slew of games from sports simulators to RPGs to pretty much anything. So the fact that they're joining forces for the North American audience. We're going to see a lot more advertisements for their games and other games. So everyone keep an eye out for that. Um, next, we have V-Real securing $11.7 million in Series A funding. Um, V-Real is looking to make a Twitch-like platform for VR, but made for the VR technology from the ground up. So they're not looking to adapt Twitch or any of these other streaming platforms to VR. They're looking to make... VR platform um, to simulate Twitch. As you guys remember the last two This Week in Games, we need more Twitch competitors because everyone's hopping on the Twitch train. Might as well give a couple mil to someone else to compete with Twitch. Um, and speaking of Twitch, last business news of the week, Twitch announces that the number of streamers earning money is up 223% in 2017 so twitch partners which is how you earn the real money on twitch uh rose from 17,000 to 27,000. good to hear that more people are earning money off twitch um yeah we'll just have to see i think jokingly or maybe not jokingly people predicted that video game streamer was one of the highest uh like uh one of the fields to grow the most in 2018 so we'll have to see how that prediction comes true so i have really bad news this week we're going to go through layoffs and this is the most layoffs we've had of any this week in games so 
Everyone take a moment of silence. So we'll start off Capcom Vancouver. Capcom Vancouver makes Puzzle Fighter for the mobile platform, not the original Super Puzzle Fighter. They make Puzzle Fighter Mobile and the Dead Rising series. They've made all of the Dead Rising series. Um, unfortunately, they laid off about 30% of their staff. So within that layoff, they also cut an unannounced project and lowered the scope of the next Dead Rising game. It's very sad to hear. Um, I know Vancouver is a very kind of like it's one of the digital hubs of Canada. So hopefully all those employees can find, you know, jobs elsewhere. And if anyone is looking in the Vancouver area, you have lots of talented people to pick from now. So next we have Viacom Next, which is Viacom's VR studio. Um, they decided to shut down the studio entirely. So the most game-like thing that this studio came out with was a game called Transformer Cottage Junkyard. I've never heard of it, but uh, sorry to hear anyone who was working at the Viacom Next VR studio. And finally, we have Gameloft New Orleans. Um, they Gameloft decided to close the studio entirely, and they had to end up laying off 40 employees. So that's also pretty sad. Um, yeah. So let's end the week on a positive note. Let's talk about my week in games. And my week in games is absolutely dominated by Monster Hunter War World. If you haven't played this game, do yourself the disfavor of buying it. That way you can get sucked in and worry about how many thunderbugs you're craft or you're you're cultivating in your garden. So then you can make thunder ammo. So then you can shoot down the raffles. So then you can make raffles armor. So then you won't get burned as much next time you fight Odegarin or Diablos. And then if you don't know what I'm talking about, um, you need to get your hunt on. So Monster Hunter World has reported shipping six million units. And it sold over 5 million of those units. This is Capcom's biggest franchise currently with the disappointing performance of Street Fighter V and uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. And yeah, it's an amazing game. So go out there and buy it yourself. Get to hunting. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. That's This Week in Games. I'm Eric McConnell. Um, take care. Bye.